Sri Harinam Prabhu Ki Jai. So, good morning, everyone. Gathered here this morning to glorify Sri Harinam, the holy name of Krishna, and this in the context of blessing some of our students to chant the holy name. under the guidance of the Vaishnav Guru. And in this way, the idea is to systematically um, go forward in pursuit of the ideal of love of God and, uh, and, and also to refine that pursuit in terms of the specifics of, of love of God. This... Uh, can be done under the guidance of the Vaishnav Guru. Otherwise, prior to that, certainly there is um, prospect, uh, opportunity for for progress and uh, pursuit of God consciousness. But uh, as I say, uh, not in a systematic way with guidance and so forth. Therefore, it's mentioned. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, Brahmanda Brahmite Kwan Bhagyavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Ladavij. Krishna understands the sincerity of the soul and so its plight in material existence. And this uh, verse describes it, Brahmanda Brahmite. Um, the Brahmanda is like the egg of the universe, as it's sometimes described. It may, the implication is it's just a, uh, we're encapsulated in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a big place, which is small. Hmm. We're, <laughs> we're encapsulated in, in a big place, the, the universe, and moving about. Um, and um, it kind of has its walls, so to speak. It's, it's, a, it's a, a finite sensibility and um, and even within that we're lost moving uh, systematically in one sense in, in in accordance with the system of of karma but um, this is also to be uh, the, the movement of uh, it lacks direction because it involves going up and going down, going up and going down, forming activities that have a consequence that is relatively pious or a consequence that is relatively negative. So we move through and wander through the universe through the lens of different species of life and experience it in the air, under the water, on the land, and so on and so forth. And, of course, coming to human life is very uh, extraordinary, very rare in all of this, and on top of that, to become lucky. So, to wander throughout the universe, Brahmanda Brahmite, Kon, kind of aimlessly, going up and down, up and down, up and down. and in the context of that, bhagyaban, bhagya means lucky, to become uh, fortunate. And the idea behind this word bhagyaban uh, in the Sanskrit vernacular and in the Bhagavatam, this word comes up again and again uh, in another form. Yadrichaya, it means the same thing, lucky, good fortune. It means to come in touch with that which is not under the same influence of going up and down, kind of mechanically, hmm, um, within the world. uh, um, uh, Under the influence of karma. hmm, When the great sage and youth, uh, wiser than many of the elderly, seated at the uh, along the bank of the Ganges to witness the the passing and uh, to try to answer 
yeah, the questions of <coughs> Raj Parikshit, excuse me, in Srimad Bhagavatam, um, Sage Sukadev appeared on the scene. This word is used. The king, king became lucky, and he was a king, so he had amassed all kinds of fortunes, if you will. Um, but uh, he became lucky because the, the, the boy Sukadev came into the assembly and he was not moving under the influence of uh, the uh, material nature. This is mentioned in the Gita Mahatma, Nastumam Partha, Daivim Prakritim Ashrita. There's another Prakriti in its de- nature and its divine and its influence. Uh, we call in, in the... Uh, Gaudiya language, the Swarup Shakti, or the influence of Bhakti, moving under that in the world. So to come in touch with that means to become lucky. This is the way to find one's way out of the of the Brahmanda. So wandering in the universe and Bhagavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Latabija. And how this happens is that the, the Krishna, who's in the heart of every Jeev, creates the good fortune of that soul by um, bringing him in touch with the guru. So, uh, by one's sincerity, one approaches God in a general way, and then God reciprocates by bringing us in touch with a guide that we may go to him, move towards him systematically. Hmm? So, so, by the grace of Krishna, it's available to everyone, hmm? in one sense, um, one gets the guru, and by the grace of the guru, one gets Krishna. So this is the system, and 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 he, 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 under the guidance of the Krishna, if he gets the the language here is used, uh, the metaphorical language, bhakti lata bij, bhakti lata, the seed of the the bij, the bij of the bhakti creeper vine, the bhakti vine. It's described as a vine because vines grow up by attaching themselves to to something that's already standing there. So the guru is standing there. We shall attach ourselves to the guru and the Vaishnavas and grow then um, in their under their guidance. As I've said before in in another path, the path of renunciation, one is said to progress by detachment. And in the bhakti marg, the path of bhakti, one is said to progress by attachment, so by sangha, by good association. So again, the lata, the the vine, is a nice example. <clears throat> so, uh, again, and anyone anyone could chant. Hare Krishna, people chant it in the streets and people hear it and imitate it and so on and so forth. But the chant under good guidance with blessing and and uh, and systematically with an effort to avoid offenses and to uh, pay attention and to embrace attendant other practices and a lifestyle that will be conducive such that the name will, will be disposed to reveal himself in full. In the name, we find everything. They said it said sometimes, "What's in a name?" And uh, in one one sense, quite quite a bit, as I've said before. You know, if, if they they say, you know, if you say you know, your children say somebody called and dude, who was it? Did you get his name? Uh, or Their name tag these days is the social security some number. So if you get that, then you can know everything about the person. You can empty out their bank account and and so forth. Uh, so um, there's uh, much in a name and much in a divine name. And this is something that is uh, posited uh, in all religious traditions. And I'm aware that there's the sacred logos, the, the divine name. The name is... Uh, in the beginning, there was the name and the word, something like that. The name. So, in all the traditions, uh, the idea that the, uh, the sacred name is is present to one extent or another, we find in Gaudiya Vaishnavism a very um, 
considerably, comparatively, developed systematic uh, theology. Theology of the name, Nam Dharma of the name, Nam Dharma. Hmm? So, to be involved, take advantage of Krishna, who is God, who is non-different from his name, then then, um, to come under the system that he's given through the Guru Parampara. This is much to our uh, advantage, Hmm? essential. So... Hmm. In the context of uh, giving the, the blessing to chant and so forth, we uh, perform this um, ritual, and uh, it is uh, derived from the sacred text, the Hari Bhakti Vilas uh, compilation of um, precedents uh, and uh, examples. Um, mandates from other uh, scriptures in such a way as to form a Vaishnav, uh, how would you call it, um, uh, standards of behavior and procedures and uh, what are the mantras for the, for the Sampradaya, the Sol Hari Bhakti Vilas. Just the smriti is the word. I'm just kind of the Vaishnava smriti, replacing, for example, the, the uh, Manasamhita and, and such books. Hmm? Um, it said, "Shruti smriti pranadi pancha atriki bini bina aikantiki harayat bhakti upadhyayi bhakti." To dismiss the. the the Shruti, the Smriti, Puranadi, Panchalatrikibhidimbina. So Smriti is distinguished here from the Purana and it refers to like Manasamhita and so forth in, in a general sense. Um, so to dismiss this in the name of Bhakti is a disturbance to the society, but we have our own Vaishnav, Gaudiya Vaishnav. Smriti and Hari Bhakti Vilasa. Anyway, these, this ritual is drawn from there. And um, uh, so there will be the Homa, the fire sacrifice, and uh, and um, and we will also give then what uh, there's, there's, there's five constituents there. The, uh, the, you'll be given a, a name, and the surname, of course, is Das or Dasi. The male and the female this is the family name. This is the, the most important uh, part. Uh, so, this, a servant of of Krishna, and um, this is the really the eternal Nityadharma of the Jiva. Jivarsurupoi Krishna Nityadas. Some know it and some don't. So, this is those who are knowing it. Yes, I'm serving Krishna knowingly or unknowingly. Either his material nature, I'm a servant in my own mind and senses, which are a manifestation of that, or that I'm serving him directly and rising above the influence of the mind and uncontrolled senses. So the name, uh, Krishna Das, Ram Das, and so on. Um, Pundra, the tilak, we give the tilak, which is the beautiful ornaments, makeup hmm, for the. Uh, uh, devotees. There are two types of tilak. We give urdva pundram, which means straight up and down. The Shaivites, they make the tilak like this, going across, lines across the forehead. And the Vaishnavas make it going up. And within that, there are many types of tilaks for different Vaishnavas. For different sects and so forth, and within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, as I think I mentioned last night, there are different tilaks markings also to, to denote uh, different party bars and so forth. So it's a little odd in the Western world, but this is a very common 
in 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 India this uh, type of uh, demarcation, and one will see, oh, it's wearing the footprint of God on his forehead, as it's said in the Bible. I think it's mentioned there, and uh, it's this footprint or that footprint of this Leela, the Lord of this Leela or that Leela, and, and so on. It's a very nice uh, idea, actually. And the the tilak comes from the from the from the dust, from the clay, from a sacred place, uh, from Vrindavan, from Dwaraka, and uh, from Madhuvan, from Saragrahi, from Madhuvan. You can make your own tilak from these places as well. And uh, there's 12 places the body is marked with different uh, corresponding mantras and so forth. Hmm. So this is auspicious and favorable for bhakti to wear tilak. So nam, tilak, pur, uh, nam, pundram, tapa is, uh, uh, tapa means austerity and tapa also means light. Light means knowledge. So the idea is that it's by some austerity uh, which involves kind of turning out the lights of the world, of the senses, glaring and distracting me uh, and uh, taking me into the world, turning out those lights by way of curtailing and regulating one's senses, some inner light comes on. In other words, the more you are centrally absorbed, uh, the less intellectually you, you may be absorbed, even if by force of circumstances your senses have to be shut down if you were kidnapped or something like that and tortured and so you have to go within so to speak and think philosophically and to get through something like that so um, so in the context of bhakti there is some some tapa some austerity and um, we uh, Acknowledge that symbolically by stamping or writing the name of Krishna on on the body with the tilak. Hmm. In other sampradayas, they they brand them with the, the marks of Vishnu, like the conch and the the lotus and the, the club and so forth, the disc, and uh, or tat- tattoo themselves. I've seen with such. So that's some, some austerity. Um, so. Then uh, the fourth is the yagya. Hmm? Nam, pundra, tapa, yagya. And uh, so yagya generally means then this um, archan in, in this context, worship of the deity. But uh, today we're not giving the the, uh, the uh, diksha mantra, but only the blessing to chant the Hare Krishna Nam mantra. So, um, with the diksha mantra, one has the then entrance into the worship of the deity, formally as is done in the temple. But still, there is yagya for those who embrace the uh, the, the, the chanting of the Nam. Indeed. In the Gita, Krishna says, of yagyas, I am japa. So you'll take some, make some commitment to chant the um, Mahamantra, the great Nam mantra, um, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, on your uh, beads that I'll be giving you a certain number of times and so forth. And this is japa, so this is a kind of yagya. Krishna is that yagya. And the last is mantra, and of course you won't be receiving the diksha mantra on that occasion, but you will be receiving the, the nam mantra, harinam mantra. And also the, the sankirtan, or the, the sankirtan, or the congregational chanting of the of name is also the great yagya of Kali Yuga. Yagnai sankirtana prayer, yajantihi sumedasa, stated in Bhagavatam with regard to the uh, Kali Yuga, Avatar, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and his method 
method to his madness is this nam sankirtan. Japa is generally chanted silently or inaudibly, but it may be chanted out loud also. And this way it becomes a limb of, of kirtan. The great Haridas Thakur, who Mahaprabhu dubbed the Namacharya, the great example, teacher by example of how to chant, used to chant 300,000 names a day. Hmm? It takes about 22 or 3 hours a day, so he was pretty absorbed in the chanting. And he said he would chant 100,000 silently, 100,000 inaudibly to others, whispering, and 100,000 out loud. Hmm. So all three methods are um, uh, to be employed as per the student's uh, uh, proclivity. And uh, although generally... Chanting silently requires a little bit more uh, ability to pay pay attention. If you chant loudly, then the ear, the mind is in between the ear and the mouth, something like that. So it may be caught up by the sound. Hmm? So along with uh, this, um, a short description of what what we're involved in here today and the procedures. Um, it's an occasion to glorify the name. And um, there are a number of offenses in this regard that could be committed while chanting the name that is, they're important to, to know. They're mentioned in the Puranas. Um, but other than um, reciting them, and I'll, I'll go through them briefly, the system that we have here is that the students receive a considerable amount of what we call sambandagyan, knowledge of um, of bhakti, the nature of bhakti and bhagwan and so forth. And so that um, should protect us for the most part, uh, embracing that knowledge from such uh, offenses that one can commit the name of, in the context of chanting. Offenses like, we'll go through them, offending the Vaishnavas. These are the people, who, of course, who make this available for us and who exemplify the, the theory and... Um, uh, this way, really, kind of bring it home to us. Um, they they take the theoretical and put it into practice and stand like great lighthouses on the shore to show us the way way home by their example. Hmm. Example speaks louder than precept. So, um, to serve the Vaishnavas is important. We have a guru, and we have then other attendant uh, devotees, Vaishnavas. Um, and uh, certainly many of them have been more um, advanced than ourselves and be able to help us so to serve them actually is part of um, really serving the Guru it is said uh, by Rupa Goswami that um, to take shelter of the Guru, uh, to take instruction from the Guru, receive diksha from the Guru, guru seva, to serve the Guru um, uh, with confidence and and um, faith and so forth, and um, and to serve other attendant uh, Vaishnavas and so forth. So we should uh, try to develop that. It's very, very important. Uh, the, the neophyte orientation to bhakti classically in Bhagavatam is said to be one in which one sees Krishna in the deity or God in the deity but not in the Vaishnav. So to give a classic example, um, I've on occasion been in places where I'm giving a discussion, conducting a discussion on the Bhagwat, and uh, devotees are present and attending, and someone comes in, in this example, an ethnic Hindu, and just walks through the crowd and ignores the speech and comes up to the deity and holds hands and puts a rupee in the box and and goes out. Hmm? Um so the person recognizes the God and the deity, but not in the Vaishnav, where 
uh, he's actually more present because how do we even know to fold the hands and, and then give the rupee and so forth? Because we've heard somewhere, but we haven't traced that out and understood the, the significance of that. How, in a substantial way, Krishna comes to us through the Vaishnava, through the Guru. So the same principle holds true then with regard to service of the Guru and Guru Bhakti. You have Krishna Bhakti, we have Guru Bhakti. Guru Bhakti is within Krishna Bhakti because you can't do Bhakti to Krishna without um, regard for the Guru and we always offer our respect to the Guru before worshipping the deity and so on and so forth. But there's a Guru Bhakti, as I say, within in this way, within Krishna Bhakti and in that um, context, the, the same error may occur that we will see the guru in the guru, <laughs> we'll see Krishna in the guru, but not in anybody else who might be dear to him, close to him, have learned from him, whom he has uh, confidence in, that has understood and can represent and teach and, and so on and so forth. So if Guru Maharaj didn't tell me to do it, who are you? I'm not going to do it. This is this is the very much of a Kanishtadikari neophyte uh, disposition that will not be pleasing to to the guru. So Vaishnavas should be respected. The guru is a Vaishnava, of course. Therefore, this, to, to offend the Vaishnavas is to offend the name. It's like to bite the hand that feeds you. And um, similarly, to dis- next another offense is to disobey the guru, or take the guru to be um, uh, to not hold the guru in regard. Uh, so an example of this might be in today's world. Uh, we find. Um, Sometimes people take up the chanting and even reading and practices and so forth, but they avoid taking initiation from a guru. Hmm. Um, and they assume that they have a connection with the previous gurus and they don't want to take shelter of any present guru and so on and so forth. So this is really to disregard the whole principle of the parampara, which means one after another. So Someone is always left behind to continue the lineage, and that that present charges should be, or plural charges, as maybe the case should be respected. Hmm? So, um, to offend the Vaishnavas, to disobey the Guru, to think the Guru can be circumvented, and so on and so forth. Uh, and I'll make progress. No, yasya prasadat, Bhagavat prasadu, yasya prasadanagati kutopi. We sing every morning a beautiful. Gurvastakam of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. This is the last verse. Says, by the grace of the uh, 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 Guru, by, by pleasing the Guru, Krishna is pleased. Something like this. This is how we get the grace of Krishna. This is the most prominent manifestation of Krishna in our lives. Kind of tailor-made for us. Therefore, we some choice on our part who will be our Guru and and so forth. Having made that choice, we should pay attention there. And then it's also said that uh, it is an offense to um, to think that the many names of the many gods and the goddesses in, in the Hindu world are all um, equal. I could chant Shiva Shiva or Krishna Krishna or Durga Durga, Ganesh Ganesh, and uh, the result will be the same. It's possible hmm, to do that. If you understand the names of the different devas, devis to be different names of Krishna, and in chanting them you think this, this is an aspect of Krishna that's manifest in, in the world for this purpose and, and so on. But this is not generally what goes on when people do the kirtan, the Durga kirtan, the Shiva kirtan, and so forth, who incidentally, Durga, Shiva, and Ganesha, they've never asked anybody to do kirtan of their names in all of the texts about them, we don't find any kind of emphasis on Nam as we do in regard to Krishna and Vishnu Bhakti. As I've many times said, Kirtan is a limb of Vishnu Bhakti. It's not a limb of the Gyan Marg, the Karma Marg, the Yoga Marg. It's a limb of the Bhakti Marg. And within the context of the Bhakti Marg, Vishnu Bhakti, Kirtan is very much um, uh, pertinent as a practice to Krishna Bhakti, and the Krishna Bhakti has taught and exemplified by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As I said earlier, he made a whole dharma out of the Nam, hmm? a whole theology out of out of Nam. So this is our 
main practice, and we should understand it properly, hmm? and uh, and not think, as some do, that uh, it doesn't matter which name you you chant. You could chant Coca-Cola for that matter, something like that. No, there's a difference. Um, and then um, another offense is to. to give some interpretation to the na- holy name hmm? we uh, there was a there's a famous uh, story in Chaitanya Charitamrita where in Balaba Balaba Charja was amongst the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he wasn't quite getting along with them hmm? he, he wasn't quite connecting with them but he liked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm? and he wasn't quite um, uh, kind of connecting with Rupa Goswami and uh, Sanatana Goswami, uh, Ramananda Roy and Swarup Damodar and Jagannath Puri, but he liked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And uh, so he um, complained to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that uh, he, he, first he said he wanted to, he had some uh, explanation of the holy name and he wanted to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to hear that. Mahaprabhu said, I don't know any explanation. All I know is that the Krishna Nam is the one who suckles the breast of Yashoda, the dark, beautiful boy, Shamsundar. In effect, he's saying, I I know the name to be non-different than Krishna. Hmm. I don't need any other fancy interpretation necessarily. Uh, Balaba complained, incidentally, he said, all your devotees, they, um, many of your devotees here, they 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 see themselves as like the, the wives of, of of Bhagawan, but in Vedic culture, it's said that the wife should never chant, the, say the name of the husband. Hmm? Some some, she shows respect to the husband and calls him husband or something. I don't know. Uh, and Mahaprabhu, Mahaprabhu said, yes, that's true. But if the husband says, chant my name, then she chants his, her na- his name. <laughs> so, <laughs> in this way, he defended his devotees following, of course, his own teaching. Balaba, of course, is, is, was a great devotee himself, but he um, was a member of a different lineage, and Mahaprabhu blessed him, such that the, what was previously called the... Um, the uh, Rudra Sampradaya hmm, in ancient times under the uh, banner of the teachings of the great Sridhar Swami who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu much appreciated um, became known from the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu onward as the Balapa Sampradaya. Hmm. He's a very powerful person but some difference in Siddhanta and Bhava also from what we find in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There's a strong emphasis in the Balava Sampradaya on Vatsalya Rasa, as opposed to the emphasis in Gaudiya Vaishnavism on, on uh, Gopi Bhava and, uh, and Sakya Rasa. And there is some emphasis on Gopi Bhava also in the Balava Sampradaya, but it's different than the emphasis in Gaudiya Sampradaya. Still, there are enough similarities between the two that Rupa Goswami has appreciated uh, Balava twice in his Bhakti Vasamrita Sindhu, by way of saying. And there's another group, and they do it a little differently, but eh, kind of pretty similar. Hmm. So, I don't mean to criticize Balaba by bringing up these stories. Mahabharata, Sri Chaitanya, they've used him to make um, his point. So the point here is that the name should... We don't need any fancy etymological interpretation of the name. If we were to explain it etymologically, we would come to the idea that he is, the name is bliss uh, personified Krishna. Um, so, another fancy is then to think that the efficacy of the name, the, the glories of the name that are stated in the sacred text and so forth is some type of exaggeration. One of the points, one of the reasons that this statement is made is because the scriptures do take a license to exaggerate uh, at times with regard to fear and prospect, uh, material prospect, as motives for being religious. 
Uh, in other words, the general people will be motivated by for taking the religious life out of fear of what will happen to them if they don't, and out of material prospect of what will, they will gain by uh, taking to religion. This is the general reason that people get involved. So the scriptures take some license to exaggerate by saying, and if you don't do this, then you'll rot in such and such hell for millions of lifetimes. Hmm? And if you do do this, you know, such uh, uh, this will be the result. And so, so that fear and prospect, material prospect, these are the two lower motivations. Above that, of course, comes to it comes to bhakti, really, and motivating motivation for serving God out of duty because God is God. Whether it will be good for me or bad for me materially, it may cause me all types of difficulty materially. Hmm? Uh, and my prospect might be spoiled by that. Hmm? Still, I will, I will do so. This is the Vaikuntha orientation of Vaidhi Bhakti. And Ragmarg, the Vrindavan Marg, comes to an orientation out of love one is uh, involved in hearing and chanting. So, um, so the Bible scriptures take some license for exaggerating. Bhakti Vinodhakura, for example, has said amongst the, uh, in the, in the Bhagavatam we find description of various hells and so forth. We should know this is just to motivate the people out of, the general people out of fear. And this has been drawn from other Puranas and so forth and put in there. Uh, he said the overriding principle, of course, is that there are consequences for action, good and bad consequences. We may play them out and amplify them in such a way as to make those points and uh, uh, put them in place and uh, help people thereby to be be wise and, and informed about their their actions. Uh, but some exit license for exaggeration is taken by the uh, pranas. So this is a kind of a, a preaching strategy where the Bhagavatam speaks something that's not Siddhanta, but it's uh, <laughs> but but uh, adopts a, a preaching strategy. Hmm? There's a place for that at times. Uh, then another fence is to um, is to having understood the efficacy of the name to think that well, I can by chanting a little bit, there'll be great benefit for me spiritually, and so much so it's said that um, once chanting the name. One can counteract more sins than one could commit. Some will say that means the pure name. Okay, but anyway, someone may think like this and think, well, I can sin and I can chant in the way I can, you know, cover myself and have the best of both worlds. This is obviously not a good, <laughs> good uh, attitude and it's an offensive idea. So that uh, should be avoided. And then the, the idea that the name is is a yogya, as I said, a sacrifice, the sacrifice of chanting and uh, Sankirtan yogi or the yogya of japa, um, that it's similar or equal to other types of sacrifices mentioned in the sacred texts, which are all in pursuit of material piety and so forth. We should not think of it like that. It's an entirely different type of uh, sacrifice. Hmm? And then um, uh, also it's said that the, the teaching and whatnot is, is largely coming from the sacred text. The guru speaks and represents the sacred texts when he or she does. And so one should not um, uh, vilify the sacred texts. One has to understand them in, in, in good association under the acharya and so forth to see their, their purpose and so on and... Uh, uh, one may say, oh, it says all these, talks about all these hells. I don't believe in that. This is, you know, this, this is not the attitude. You understand why it says like that, where there may be exaggeration, where there may not, and so on and so forth. And uh, So the, the sacred texts represent the principle of revelation that I've spoken of many times, that uh, if we want to have perfect knowledge by which we can become perfectly happy, a perfect method is required. And so that method is from up to down, those who are steeped in imperfection will know perfection when perfection chooses to 
reveal himself to us. That's the perfect method. Hmm? If the infinite wants to reveal himself to the finite, then it can something can happen that uh, otherwise is not possible within the um, on the strength of the finite alone, if you will. Hmm? So we should honor the principle of revelation, and then uh, two more offenses. Second, uh, uh, penultimate offense is to uh, uh, to give the holy name to the faithless. So this should not be done. We shouldn't throw pearls before the swine. We can invite everyone to chant and so forth, but we will uh, not invite everyone to this ceremony and. Uh, and we want that the students will become informed with some some began and know what's involved and so forth, and then testing the measure of their faith, which is their eligibility to tread the path. Then we reciprocate by giving the blessing to chant. Hmm? Sometimes, so-called gurus give out the name uh, in order to make sure that they get buttered chapatis in their old age as a pension. And they, See, this man has a lot of money, and if I could make him my disciple, I'll be set up for life, and something like this. It may not be quite that calculated, but there may be some, whatever degree of this kind of calculation comes in, that should be avoided. Hmm. And the tenth offense is to then to uh, maintain the bodily concept of life and pursue it, despite having heard all these instructions in uh, about the name and how the name is meant to, to give us a different body, really, altogether, a spiritual body. Hmm. So that should be uh, avoided. And as the name reveals what's important for us in terms of letting go and that we may go forward, then we should let go, hmm. not hold back and and... and Follow, follow the name, so to speak. He makes, keeps drawing the line for us. You know, you have to cross this line. Now it's over here, and go further, and so forth. So these are the ten offenses. And there's a chanting then that is offensive that is to be avoided. As I say, the, what we may, still we may get something from that, such as the glory of 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 of, of the, and the power of the name. By such offensive chanting, one can get material piety. One can get a great birth in the next life, go to get a heavenly situation, and so on and so forth. Hmm. By Nam Abbas, on the other hand, the shadow of the name that's not offensive, uh, one can get up to mukti, liberation. Hmm. So there are instances in which we find that without offense, but without really chanting and understanding what the chanting is about and chanting purely, people have become, have gotten uh, liberated. This is extraordinary. The, th- the thing that it is so difficult to attain, liberation and beyond that even, well, let's say liberation in itself, um, can be attained just by chanting the, 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 the shadow of the pure name. There was a fellow who, in, in, in an assembly, where Haridas Thakur was present and was asked to glorify the name amongst chanters, he said that the, the name is such that just by chanting an, an, an assemblance of the name, one can get liberation. And someone, a Brahmin, a learned Brahmin in the crowd, stood up and said, how is this possible? Liberation is so hard to attain that just by a shadow of the name. And he didn't believe. And... Um, um, the host said, oh, you have offended Haridas Thakur and, and, this, and the name. And um, what did he say? You will get leprosy or something like that. Your nose will fall off or something like that. He had a nice, nice raised nose. and Then he shortly after got leprosy and his nose fell off. So... Uh, <laughs> So we should be careful. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, Nam Abhas. Um, the classic example of this is Ajamil. Ajamil is a beautiful uh, story, the sixth canto of the Bhagavatam. After the fifth canto of the Bhagavatam, 
um, comes the sixth canto, of course, and the fifth canto ends with a description of the hellish planets that I mentioned earlier. And the sixth canto begins with how can Braj Brikshit's compassion, how can people be saved from such consequences? Hmm? And um, Sukadev tests his student, Raj Prichip, by way of saying, well, I think that by performing pious activities, then you can save yourself from negative consequences. And the king says, that doesn't sound good because people perform pious activities and then they go again and perform impious activities, like an elephant that goes and bathes in the river and then comes out and rolls on the sand on the beach. Hmm? So then Sukadev said, well, okay, then by, I think by gyan, it's possible. If not by karma, by gyan, it's possible. By knowledge, you can overcome ignorance. And and Sukadev said, oh, that's like, or Pariksha says, that's like growing bamboo. You know, if you cut it off the top there, it just keeps coming up. Hmm? So, in other words, you may do away with the, the activities that are constitutive of ignorance, of material attachment, which is ignorance, hmm? but you haven't uprooted the problem. Hmm? And then this nice verse came. Hmm. That I, I think that by bhakti it's possible. Hmm. That uh, just like when there's a mist, a fog, hmm, that uh, in the morning sometimes here we'll, you wake up and see you're like in an island with a fog down, down below you. Hmm. When the fog is, uh, uh, you can't light a fire and say, let's put out the fog, but the sun comes up of its own accord and dissipates the fog. You cannot make a, a light like the sun. Hmm? You might burn up the forest if you try um, and yourself along with it. So the, the idea is that the natural method hmm, for overcoming the, the and comprehensive method, for that matter, hmm? the um, negative consequences of action is to act positively in relation to our source in bhakti. Hmm? This will dissipate the fog. Um, so then, the story of Ajamil is told, and how Ajamil was a Brahmin, but he became a very um, impious person. However, he had named his son Narayan, uh, and uh, one of the names of God. And on his deathbed, he called his son Narayan. Narayan. Uh, I think he had some vision. He was dying. He had some sort of vision of the agents of consequence, negative consequence. The Yamadutas, messengers, came to take him away. Hmm? Not all near-death experiences are beautiful, they say. Uh, some people have uh, negative experiences and consequences that, that may come. So uh, he chanted the name, and he was thinking of his son, but it was the name of God. And so the, the, the dutas, the messengers of Vishnu, also appeared on the scene. And they told the messengers of Yama. Yama means uh, messengers of law, Yama, and... Uh, and uh, 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 Yamaraj, he says, says he has the place where you know he his 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 um, scribe or his his uh, database guy is um, what's his name Chitragupta, and he is like recording all the thoughts and feelings and actions of everyone. And uh, what the what the reactions will be will be printed out and so forth. This is the idea. So nothing goes unseen and something like that. Hmm? So at any rate, uh, the power of the name, even without knowledge of its efficacy, but uh, and so forth, and but without making offense at the same time, was chanted and the Vishnu Dutas interfered. And there's a beautiful discussion there between the Vishnadutas and the Yamadutas who has jurisdiction over what? <laughs> and the Yamadutas jurisdiction over karma and the Vishnadutas jurisdiction over those who have come out from underneath the influence of karma having come under the influence of bhakti even unknowingly. Hmm? So generous is bhakti. 
And so basically it said there, one who chants the name, even um, unconsciously, would never see hell. So there is no hell <laughs> in the Bhagavatam, for, which, which is a book for devotees. Um, so, such is the, this is the story. And he, he, he attained uh, ultimately by Kuntha. He got um, the, saved from the consequences of all of his impious actions. He got uh, some, how you say, um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't going to die. He was supposed to die, but he, but he didn't die. And uh, reprieve. reprieve, he got a reprieve. And then he went to Haridwar, and there he performed uh, his Nam Bhajan and perfected himself and attained Bhakuntha. Hmm. So, Nam Aparad, Nam Abhas, and then Shudhanam. But Shudhanam, uh, we mean the pure name, and this is the realization, the experience that the name is non different from Krishna. Hmm. And that, as I said earlier, within the name, everything is found. What's in the name? So, the name, Rup, Guna, Lila, the form of the Lord is present in his name, his qualities, and his Leelas. So, everything there is in the name. We just have to chant attentively, then, which is the way to overcome all offenses. And in due course, the name um, purifies ourself by way of doing away with the ignorance of our material attachment, then the sweetness that's there in the name starts to become apparent. Examples given of sugar cane, which is a cure for jaundice, but tastes bitter when you have jaundice. If you keep chewing it, the jaundice goes away and the sweetness that was always there in the cane comes to be appreciated. So the sweetness of the name it comes to be appreciated and the name, with taste for the name comes. And, and uh, then we move forward. Hmm on the basis of such uh, taste. <clears throat> so this is our ideal. Uh, we don't chant uh, for uh, out of fear or prospect, but out of uh, the love that we find for Krishna in our Gurudev and in pursuit of that. <clears throat> so with that, I think we'll proceed with what's next then. We give the names and the such and uh, then the yagya. Some preliminary yeah. procedure. All right. I should mention also that there are uh, four things that the Bhagavatam speaks about that constitute some kind of like pillars of impiety that um, are said to be that which gives the, the, the Kali Yuga some foothold. Uh, Kali is said to be the idea of hypocrisy and uh, um, quarrel and and so forth, that the age is characterized by. And um, he gets a foothold wherever there is intoxication and uh, uh, gambling or dishonest way of making a living. Hard, you know, hard day's work is supposed to be purifying for us. If we try to avoid that by some type of cheating, uh, an impure form of livelihood, then Kali has got you by the, got a hold on you, so to speak. So, uh, intoxication. I say intoxication. Intoxication, uh, gambling, um, 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 I want to say um, womanizing or manizing is. <laughs> This is not is not good. Should be should be that tendency, uh, the, the, the strong 
a force of sexual attraction should be licensed and uh, and uh, restricted by way of making a partnership and a commitment uh, to a significant other, then that you may go forward together in uh, spiritual progress. Hmm? And um, ideally, no, at any rate, so... Uh, the, the word in the Bhagavatam actually means something like prostitution. One shouldn't um, go after prostitutes, but they say that uh, it, the principle is that it should be licensed and somehow and let the guru determine the details of that, that the students may go forward progressively in such a way as to rise above the... Um, that which makes the world, you know, continue, so to speak. Uh, so, uh, what's the fourth thing? Uh, meat eating, yes. So, to be kind to other jivas, uh, merciful, hmm? then um, innocent, innocent, innocent animals. That, especially in the, from the domestic realm, that uh, facilitate human society in different ways. The cow, in particular, is a great facilitator of human society. It's said that that in human history we don't know whether the cow domesticated the humans or the human domesticated the cow. Hmm? Um, and she provides for us the uh, milk from which we can make ghee and do sacrifice and many other products that are healthy. And and um, the bull is, lends his strength to till the soil for the agrarian-based society and so forth. So... This uh, takes humans from hunting and gathering to agriculture. Hmm? So such uh, animals should be protected. It's abominable what goes on in the society today in this regard. So we follow that principle by adopting a vegetarian uh, diet. So these things you should be aware of, and they should be um, avoided um, and my groomers used to ask his disciples to vow not to follow these things. I simply tell them, if you don't, if you, if you don't, or, or to avoid these things, if you don't avoid them, don't expect to make too much progress in your, in your hearing and chanting. You'll be, keep kind of pulling the plug out, so to speak. Of course, the chanting is powerful, nonetheless, and, and it can bring you to the point, the strength to do that also. So... Uh, it's not that you have to be pure to chant. And chanting purifies us. But um, we should be aware of these things. And the fifth thing, of course, is there too, I should mention, and that is one should not hoard gold. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, which was the money standard of the time. So one should not hoard money because hoarding money then gives you some prospect, you think, of of, of, of life in the world. And life in the world means all these four things. Once Prabhupada walked into a hotel where he was going to stay for the night, he have a program, and he said, just see, upstairs there's illicit sex, and over here there's meat-eating. He pointed to the restaurant. Over here there's intoxication, and then there was a casino there, I guess, and, and over there is the gambling. <laughs> this whole building is just for Kali Yuga, <laughs> something like that. So... Uh, you know, this is very much the ways of the world. Hmm? It said, Krishna Premi Aradbhuta Charit, uh, the wonderful character of Krishna Prem is that inside it looks, outside it looks like poison, but inside it's very blissful. So outside, even in the sadhaka's life, it looks very unpalatable. People think, you don't drink? You don't, you don't, uh, you know, you don't eat meat? Hmm. so forth and so on. They think, well, what kind of life do you have? Uh, uh, they, they cannot relate to that. So this is very much what the world's about, in, 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 so, so to speak. And so the money is what facilitates that. So don't hoard money, it said, because these things will come and the, the prospect for them will be that, um, um, that much more... Uh, uh, available if you have some funds. So, of course, householders have to have some funds, and they should uh, work uh, in a reasonable way to make a, 
a livelihood for themselves and their families, but then their, their fund money, expendable income, this should be spent for Vaishnavism. This is the way to be a sadhaka, as either living Grihetako, Parnetako, Sadahari, Bodhetako, whether you live in the forest here, like at Madhavan, or you live in your own house, hmm, you can make progress by chanting the holy name. That's the general statement. But these attendant practices and so forth uh, is the, are what constitutes chanting the holy name in a systematic way under guidance that you may make, make progress. So don't hoard money either. Hmm. This is mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam. So, with that, we'll begin our ritual. And somewhere in the context of that, you'll come forward, pay your respects to the deity, to the guru, to the Vaishnavas, receive the name, uh, and so on.